Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa football has picked up a commitment for their 2020 class as three-star running back LaShawn Williams has committed to the Hawks. Williams chose the Hawkeyes over scholarship offers from Kansas State, Wyoming, and Cincinnati. Last season, he had 2,100 yards rushing with 24 touchdowns, averaging 9.7 yards per carry. In the Western Conference Finals of the NBA, the Warriors came back from down 15 at the half and 8 late to beat the Blazers. Steph Curry to the basket. Bang shot is good. The call from ESPN, Steph Curry, 37 points in the victory for Golden State who takes a 2-0 series lead. Half of the Stanley Cup final is set after the Bruins sweep past the Canes. One of the swagger by no luck with the follow-up. Bergeron, the pop block to Bergeron. He scores! Bergeron, a power play goal, and it's 2 to nothing. The call from NBC Sports Network. Tonight, Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals. The Blues hosting the Sharks. San Jose leads that series two games to one. Two baseball and another big game for Christian Yelich. It was the second hitter of the day giving the Brewers the lead with that Yelich home run this afternoon. And there's a fly ball hit back into right field. It's deep, and Yelich has his second of the day. The call from Fox Sports Wisconsin as the Brewers win it 11-3. Yelich with homer 17-18 on the year. Late last night in Seattle, the Twins 11-6 win over the Mariners. Four home runs for the Twins, and welcome back, Miguel Sano. Base hit. Down the line, and Rosario will come around third and score. And Crone goes to third base, Sano goes to second with a double in his first run batted in. Dick Bremer with the call, Fox Sports North. Tonight, Cardinals baseball takes the airwaves on 1460 KXNO as they travel to Texas to take on the Rangers. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Happy Friday to you. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us and hope you can stay with us if there's a guest that you miss uh, that we've got coming up or you want to listen to something again, you can always go to the podcast page, kxno.com, and uh, find them there. Coming up on the program today, for the first time in oh, a while, we're going to go to Vegas, uh, get some sports wagering information with Chris Andrews, Andrew Sports on Twitter, part of the uh, folks at Visson and the uh, and the South Point. Chris Andrews, good friend of yours, Trent Condon, will yes. join us. He's writing a book, is he not, as well? He does. His book will be coming out right around Father's Day, so you're looking for a gift idea, going inside bookmaking for over, well, nearly 40 years now uh, across Nevada as he made his way out from Pittsburgh and decided to go to Nevada, Vegas, Reno, back to Vegas again. So a lot of great bookmaking stories. He's very good at what he does, too. His storytelling in general, every time he does a VEASAN hit on Mondays with Gil Alexander, that's the end of the segment. They do the what the line's going to be, <laughs> Gil makes, it. and then at the end, it's story time, and he tells every week a new story from his years and years, and now he's putting all those stories into a book, so 
I really am looking forward to getting that my hands on that one coming up here in about a month. Well, good stuff. And well, obviously, we'll have him on to help promote that here in uh, in Central Iowa. I think they're going to have some news that's going to break on that pursuant to that company, mm-hmm. but we will uh, let them break it. Anyways, uh, so Chris Andrews going to join us at ten twenty five. Tom Cakert, I know you led your update with the Hawks getting a football recruit, so we'll talk to Tom about that and some other stuff at ten forty five, eleven twenty. Uh, Scott Miller is, uh, I think, joining us for the first time this year. Correct? Yeah, yeah. It's- it's been a while for mm-hmm. Scott, and one of our favorite baseball guys. No, Bleacher Report. He was with CBS for a long time. Uh, part of the uh, Fox Sports San Diego, I believe, yes. way out there. And talk about an upgrade from Minneapolis winners to San Diego, where he lives now. Oh, that's a, I forgot about that. He wrote for the Pioneer Press. I want to say did he back in the nineties, probably something like that. Still a two paper town, the Twin Cities. It is one of the few. That'd be rare. I mean, no, New York, it is. Chicago. Sometimes still daily. Uh, yes, best of my knowledge, it is. I'm sure it is. Um, How much longer will that yeah, be? Yeah, really, right? Denver lost where Rocky Mountain News folded mm-hmm. up shop, and that was a terrific tabloid. I thought it was, I was a big fan of the Rocky Mountain News. Well, anyways, uh, Scott Miller's going to join us. We'll talk baseball. By the way, speaking of baseball, we'll get to the Cubs in a second. Uh, disappointing effort out of them yesterday. They Look, they were due to lose the series. Cincinnati's better than a lot of people think. Absolutely. This is a last place team. You were high uh, on them coming into the year, weren't I you? I was. I didn't think that they were going to be perhaps. I don't think they're going to get to the playoffs, but this is a team, if you're buying stock, mm-hmm. I'm buying some stock in this team because they're going to be a, um, a pain in the you-know-what in that division. I think in the years to come, that kid Castillo pitched last night, strikeout machine, only uh, was able to uh, ring up six last night, but a lengthy rain delay in that ball game. Quintana was rolling along until the fifth inning. Cubs are up two zip, uh, and the fifth inning wasn't kind, 3-2, and then they were ne- uh, unable to come back. But what I started to say, the runs in baseball yesterday. Yeah, Trent, let me just go, I mean, and as you said, there wasn't a full slate of games. I mean, 7-6 Nationals-Mets, okay, I'll give you that one. The Brewers scored 11, the A's scored 17, the Rangers scored 16, the Indians put up a 14 spot, your Twins scored 11, the Bravos put up a 10 spot on the Redbirds. That's some offense. Is the ball juice to some of the players and commentators are starting to... Allege that this is the different baseball. I guess the seams aren't uh, as prominent off the ball, or they're a little tighter to the surface of the baseball, which doesn't allow the pitcher. Steve Stone, I was actually, uh, during the rain delay and during the, the hockey game, stunk. Yeah. Uh, it really did. And I think it was after the first quarter, I went over and watched my Blow Jays and the White Sox for a couple of minutes and happened to be over there when Jason Benetti was asking, and boy, he's good. Yes, he oh, is. Oh, my God, this kid's good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and think about what he's replacing. Like, I wasn't a big Hawk Harrelson fan. Neither per se, was I. But he's a White Sox legend. Yes. If you're a Sox fan, you he's like your Hawk. guy. Yes. He's your guy. Put and, it on the board. Right. Yes. Um, but stretch. Get him. Yeah. Get up. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, could it be tough to replace that guy, right? Yes. At least you so you thought. He's come in there seamlessly. And he got a little bit of an opportunity to introduce himself last year to that fan base, but uh, he's done a nice job. But anyways, where I started to go was Steve Stone, who's so good. Yes, he, he really is. is good. He was, um, you know, he was describing what's different in this year's baseball as opposed to last year's baseball, and the runs I think are a product of that. And if, if people want to buy tickets to see offense, they're getting their money's worth this year. So I don't know if this was a you know, uh, an edict behind the scenes that we need more runs. Don't run slow down baseball games. 
Don't they? Are we trying to, to speed the game up? Right, right. I mean, you can't have it both ways. But anyways, uh, just a ton of runs yesterday uh, in Major League Baseball. Some good series. We'll get into the weekend. I don't know if you looked. Uh-huh. There's some good weekend series unfolding I, here in mid-May. Yeah, a lot of good ones, uh, interesting ones. It's it's a good weekend mm-hmm. coming up here. Got horse racing, hockey, Baseball, about basketball tonight. Yes, yes, yeah. Boston, Milwaukee tonight, and the series. Um, and then the PGA. Of, yeah, and look, uh, DJ Dennis Johnson making a little bit of a run. Dustin, Dustin Johnson, Dennis Johnson, my next door neighbor. The first when I DJ. Grew up. Uh, yeah, different one. Um, uh, Dustin Johnson making a run in this thing, um, which is good because look, nobody wants to see Kepka run away. No, not at all. He's 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 so robotic. He's like a machine. So good, so long, mm-hmm. so and boring. scored. And what did he shoot yesterday? Sixty three. You're right. And most pundits say, you know what, sixty three, but it could have been better. Well, and, think yep. about that. And you couple that with the lowest round uh, prop bet that was out there it was sixty four and a half. Was it really? He just crushed so it on the cashed. first day, huh? Yeah, and did it by a stroke and a half. Well, um, and there's supposedly some weather coming in this afternoon. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But the uh, Tigers got a right now. The projected cut is three over. I think he'll begin his day at two over. So not a lot of wiggle room if he wants to make the weekend. It was asking a lot. I mean, he mm-hmm. hadn't played since the Masters, right? And hadn't picked up. No, I shouldn't say that. He picked up a club, but he didn't play around the golf since the Masters. And um, he'll be ready for Pebble Beach. He's had a ton of so look. He's had success at Beth Page. I'll give you that. But uh, um, not having his best tournament. We'll see. He's got some work to do today. So Dustin Johnson's making a run. Anybody else early? Spieth, I saw, was off to a decent start. Uh, boy, where's he been lately, right? It's been a couple of years since Jordan Spieth has been really... Because he took this, he took this sport by storm. He did. Memory got off at his uh, at the Quad Cities all places, won his first tournament, and then just boom. I mean, him and his caddy, the former teacher, that was a big story for a while. And an Iowa guy, his caddy is he? I didn't know that. Northwest Iowa guy played. I want to say he played at Morningside or something. You know what? I did know that. Yes, 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 yes. And so we had the local connection. Mm -hmm. You know how we love to glob on to any local connection (laughs) possible. You know what I know? What I think about the guy, I think he's one of those guys that can get up in the morning, shave, and by five o'clock. He's got a full beard. Yes, yes. He's got that great look, <laughs> oh, though, the my. five o'clock shadow. Indeed, he he's does. He's able to pull that off. Yes, Spieth. Rory is... Rory, is by the way, was five over through eight today. He's seven over for the tournament. And Rory normally is just the Masters. I mean, that's where the mental block is. Mm-hmm. But he'd been so good coming into this. And, and again, what is it about him? I, I mean, Talent-wise, I don't know. It feels like he should be... Yes. A lot better than he, he was. The guy. He yeah. was going to be the guy. This was the next player that's going to dominate the game of golf. Well, look, there's so many of those guys. Yeah, I mean Brooks Kepka, Jason Dustin Day, Johnson, Jason Day, Tommy Fleetwood is going to be a major, major player in this thing. He's going to start knocking down some of these. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is another good name on that list. Yeah, there's some really good young players, but look, all eyes on one and one mm-hmm. alone, right? And that's Tiger Woods, and he tees off at 12:49 today's with Kepka, and Molinari is also yes. in that group, I think. Uh, Zach Johnson won under today. He's back to even for the tournament. So, so he looks as though he's going to make the weekend. What yep. about Ricky Fowler? Where will he begin? He's right before. I think we get most of his round. We're off the air when his round starts. I remember okay. seeing that yesterday. I think he's one under. To one start. under. All right. Yeah, I hadn't seen. I don't, I don't think I saw hardly any of Ricky. Still rooting for him. Sure, he's, a, he's probably the. He's that guy. The the next right. Sergio Garcia finally yes. got his major. Ricky he had Fowler. that. He took it from basically Colin Montgomery, 
greatest to never win a major. Right. And Sergio yeah. had that for a long yeah, time. And Montgomery's going to die with that. Yes, he is. <laughs> He'll take that one to his grave. All right, the basketball last night. Better Curry was who? I mean, we know what Steph's going to do, right? You're right. But we didn't know that Seth Curry was going to. Seth Curry was really good last night. He was. He was good defensively. Yes, on his brother for a lot, too. Look, but- his brother still got his, but his brother is one of the best players in the game. Mm-hmm. Period. End of sentence. Is it too much, the cutting to Dell? And, yes, and I, I said it before the series started. Yeah. Uh, look, we're, we're going to be inundated. Well, look, way to go for them, right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable for the Curry family. We got to sharing it, you know, once or twice, but seemingly after every shot, they cut to the family. And it's like I said earlier in the week, what do, you, what do you expect them to say? No, we don't care about Seth. We're only cheering for Steph. <laughs> right. Seriously, right? They got the one side, the double sided jersey. Okay. But, um, I mean, the game was good enough yesterday that we didn't need mom and dad. Game one, you probably did. Yes. Yeah. And stories surrounding that. We needed that in game one. Yesterday was a, look, the Trailblazers got to wake up this morning and and be kicking themselves because that felt, Trent, that that was their opportunity Mm -hmm. to make this a series. Now down 2-0, obviously, if you lose game three, you're cooked and it's going to go likely the way that the Bruins and the Hurricanes did, uh, meaning that uh, NHL Eastern Conference final was a sweep. This one's leaning that way. Portland played well, um, but sadly, if you wanted this to be a a series, McCollum never made a basket in in the final 12 minutes. Never. He was 0 for 6. This Over. team isn't deep enough no. to have that. No, you, you you can afford one of the... Right, you can afford somebody not named Lillard or McCollum to have that mm-hmm. kind of scoring slump. Edith but Cantor doesn't score the last quarter. No, that's, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're used to okay. that. Okay, right. Myers Leonard, who was also good last night, the corner of line. I, yep, yep. Though one of those threes was ugly, but hit one that, that gave him, I think, that eight-point lead. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Golden State. And as I was holding a Portland ticket last night, Oh, what did you get? A Portland plus how many? Seven and a half. Yeah. But when Golden State took the lead uh-huh. and took a two, I got really nervous all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and Golden State got the ball back with that two-point lead. Portland got the stop, got the mm-hmm. lead back themselves. But yeah, there was that, that tense moment that seemingly always comes up in an NBA game. There was a little drama in the end for yes. you. Made it exciting, made it interesting. But like you said, uh, down 2 nothing. I don't know. You have to win four out of five now. Right. No, and, you're not going to do that. I don't think there. You could take an all-star team of the remaining three teams. I don't know if you can beat Golden State four out of five. Mm. I mean, it'd be a you, hell of you, a team. You, you're, you're able to pluck Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, McCollum, Lillard, mm, Lowry. Pretty good team. Yeah. Look at but um, four out of five. No, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can do that. Look, and just when we thought, you know, Kevin Durant's leaving after this year, this end, this era is about. You better win this year because the end of the era is upon us. And this is a team that's moving from Oakland to San Francisco, and they're and they're only taking half a team with them. You're going to spend all that money on those seat licenses, those expensive seats to see mediocre basketball. Hold on. They are really good, and they're really good without Kevin Durant. They won a title without him. They won 73 games in the regular right. season without As him. As you pointed out yesterday. This is, though they're aging, they are getting older, and they're going to have to find some more loonies. They're going to mm-hmm. have to maybe... Who's a nice player, by yes, the way? Yes, he's turned in. Yep. You're looking for what Tyler... Kid, Cook's a nice player off the bench. What Tyler Cook could be in the NBA if he could find a role, it's that. Mm-hmm. That springy guy that doesn't try mm-hmm. to do too much. Just use your athleticism. 
I don't think he'll ever even get to the level that Looney. But Looney, early in his career, pretty good comp for Tyler Cook. I don't think he'll get to the heights that we're seeing out of him, but that's what you're looking for. Find that role. Use your best qualities. Find something that you're great at. You know, that's how Reggie Evans found a career in the league. Reggie Evans found a had a really nice career in the league. Was a great rebounder. Look at the money. How much money he did he make in the league? Do you know? $60 million. I, th- I might That might have been north of that. Really? He made a ton of bank, and good for him. When he left Iowa... Was there even a thought in the back of your mind that this guy was going to have the career that he did? Not at all. Nor there was with no me. way. Nor with me. There was because of his limitations. That's the key word. But we, he found something that he could was do well. At. Yes. And teams coveted. And because of that, he was able to play as long as he had a great career. $32.3 million. So I thought he made more than that. What was his last contract? Uh, he, well, his last four years were all, must have been veteran minimums. They're like $1.2, $1.6 okay, million. Okay, so where, would, where did he cash in? He got a contract with the Raptors. It was like a two-year, $10 million deal. That was the highest that he ever well, made was five okay. a year. So that so I was wrong. I thought he made more money than that for whatever. Look, but, he still made a lot of money. Yes, and let's not yes. kid ourselves. Uh, I thought he made more than that. But and in, in, in today's game, I mean, what what are they paying him? Right in today's salary, eight, nine, ten million. Oh, huge, huge money. But regardless, I uh, had a nice career and played a long time. That's what you have to do. That's what when you're one of these fringe type of guys, find something that you can be elite at, mm-hmm. elite shooter, elite leader. Another former Hawkeye. How did Ryan Bowen stick in the league for a decade? Yeah, good one. Good one. There was a lot of former basketball, college basketball players that got shorter mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. I don't know if you saw some of the measurements. Yes. Uh, but it wasn't uh, Tyler Crook 6'9"? Everybody except for Taco Fall. Yeah, everybody except him. He yeah. got taller. Uh, right. Uh, Cook was, what, 6'7 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horton Tucker was 6'4 on the roster. I think he was 6'4, wasn't he? But he was listed as, was he 6'2"? Six two and like three quarters. That's when he was shoes. measured yeah. yesterday. Yes. So I thought there was a lot of guys that somehow mysteriously imagine that. Funny how that happens. Yeah, at every single school. Um, did you watch any combine stuff yesterday afternoon? I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, 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 I saw it, it on. So did I. I uh, had a, a performance yesterday. Ella's preschool had a performance, so we got home a little early, flipped it on for five minutes, and she said. Daddy, can we watch a, a kid show? I said, sure. Yeah, you didn't miss nothing. Five, five minutes of this was more than it enough. Just pick up basketball. It was, yeah. um, But eh, something in the afternoon. Right. Uh, so anyways, we continue on. All right, coming on uh, up in the 11 o'clock hour, it's Friday. That means we've got our Claxons barbecue giveaway. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things. We'll do the uh, hockey game tonight, the Blues and the Sharks. That's uh, game four back in St. Louis. Blues feeling that they got robbed. Look, that was a bad non-call. It was a, it was a, it was an egregious non-call. Doesn't mean that they were going to win the hockey game, right? Yes. It was still going to, it was still going to have to be decided in overtime. You were still going to have to get one behind, uh, the Sharks netminder, but, uh, you lost all chance for that. So we'll do that. We'll do the odd even numbers for the Preakness. It's, uh, Preakness weekend. There's a field of 13. It's a big ho-hum for me. It really no. is. And Are you going to fire at it? No, I don't think I will. Really? No, don't think I will. I think I'll take a hard pass and find something, find a bit. Well, I'll probably watch the race, but mm-hmm. just not into it. Just not into it. I don't know why. Just. The Derby winner's not there. Yeah, you know, there's every every Preakness. I I heart seldom bet this race because I want the Derby winner to win and to get to the Belmont with a chance to have a triple crown on the line. I don't care if they win the triple crown necessarily, but I want that Derby winner to knock off the Preakness because you know he's going to show up in three weeks, and it's a great bet against the horse that's got two jewels of the triple crown. Because in the past, 
Everybody wants that souvenir ticket on the Belmont just in case he's a triple crown winner. So the pools with all that souvenir money, you uh-huh. bet against yourselves. Uh, the the uh, the the win pool is usually a pretty good opportunity, but not in this case. Not in this case. So I'll watch it, but that's going to be about it. What else will we put in there? We'll do some. Uh, we'll do a baseball series. We'll do the basketball game from tonight. What is the line on the game tonight? Brewers. Uh, Brewers. Uh, Bucks favored by six and a half. Six and a half. That Wasn't was, that what it was last time? It was. The game yeah. one, six yeah. and a half. That, uh, the, Raptors, Raptors feel like, you know what? The, the, the Trailblazers know exactly how the Raptors felt mm-hmm. after game one when they got up the next morning. One that they could have put in the win column. So, anyways. All right, we've got uh, Chris Andrews coming up live from Vegas. Tom Cakert as well before we get out of here in the 11 o'clock hour. Right now, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword SUPER. To 200, 200 right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars in cash. That's super to 200, 200 standard message and data rate supply. We will take a quick time out when we come back. We're joined by Chris Andrews. He's at the South Point. I got to ask him. I was in Vegas when you had Chris Andrews on, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you ask him about the show action? That was on Showtime. I did not. Good, because yeah. I want to. Good, because that uh, South Point was one of the focal points of that series. I know not probably a lot of you didn't watch it because a lot of you probably you know Showtime's it's wait, HBO's by far and away number one yes, right yeah and then what's the other one Cinemax and, mm-hmm. and Showtime I think Showtime Stars Stars is another one Encore mm-hmm. um, but um, it was it was a good piece and as we know sports wagering coming to our state in, in soon well August at the very, uh, at some point in August take a time out Chris Andrews from South Point and uh, Las Vegas inside the numbers Miller and Condon next it's Des Moines Sports Station 1460 oh. keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 15 minutes or so. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. As we take you up until noon here, Monday through Friday, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's go to the desert, shall we? Longtime line maker, uh, Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point. He joins us. Uh, Chris, good to talk to you. Ken Miller, you know Trent very well. How you been, Chris Andrews? Oh, hanging in there. Uh, you know, people that know me follow me on Twitter and I've had some health issues, but right now I'm doing pretty good and, you know, just trying to get through them. Yeah. Like, uh, like any 63 year old guy would do, I guess. I'm you know? with so you. Just fighting through them. Absolutely. It uh, doesn't get any easier. I just turned 60 and boy, oh boy, uh, it's not good. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Chris, I, you know, where I want to start with you is, uh, I was fascinated by, uh, the show action from South, uh, from the, a lot of it aired on, uh, at, uh, was shot at South Point. It aired on Showtime. I thought it was a great four part series. It showed the good. It showed the bad, Vegas Dave. Uh, but it showed a really, it took you behind the scenes and allowed a lot of people that maybe never had that opportunity, um, to, to see it from that, uh, from that perspective, a real good insight. Did, when you guys were able to watch it, knowing that you saw a lot of it being shot, uh, did it turn out the way that uh, – were you guys happy with it, I guess, the way it came out? You know, except for that Vegas Dave part, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with, you know, the buzz surrounding it. Um, 
you know, they, you know, you get involved, in, and this is a, a couple times I've been involved with some TV things, and they'll shoot hours and hours and hours, and cut it down to like fifteen minutes. You know, by the time it gets on the air, uh, you know, I think Krakenberger, <laughs> Bill Krakenberger, was a friend of mine. He was terrific. Uh, I, yeah, he he was terrific. You know, like I said, the Vegas Dave thing. I, I don't know where they got that. That I think that was really uh, not. Yeah, you know, not so much a poor reflection on Las Vegas and our industry, but a poor reflection on them for making that decision. Uh, Todd <laughs> Wisniew mm-hmm. is another guy I've gotten to know recently. He hangs out at the uh, South Point every day, and I yep. found out uh, we lived in the same town in Pittsburgh for a couple of years mm-hmm. together. So, uh, you know, we we have that in common. He's really a nice guy. He's quite a character, though. Indeed, uh, he is. Yeah, uh, you know, very interesting guy. But, uh, you know, he's one of those guys in the sports betting world. I've seen quite a few guys like that, certainly a higher percentage probably than you get in, like, uh, you know, banking or advertising or anything like that. You know, so he's he's a character, but, you know, not not totally unique. I've seen some guys like that over the years. No, no doubt. If, if you sit in a race or a sports book long enough, you're, there's the same guy seemingly every night. And uh, Yeah, fun to watch those. If nothing else, even if you don't bet, it's fun to people watching these places. You know, sure. let me ask you this, Chris. In, in, in Vegas, Dave, you know, with the overturn of PASPA and one state after another seemingly come on, coming on board, and as you know, Iowa joined the party here within the last couple of weeks, and the switch is going to be flipped in all likelihood in August after the regs are uh, have been passed. Um, you know, the Vegas Dave angle of it, there's going to be a lot of, not maybe not to the extent of Vegas Dave's, but a lot of guys that try to, you know, take advantage of some of the neophytes and, you know, that this guy's got inside information and I'm hitting it 70% of my wagers and follow me and I'll make you money and yada, yada, yada. You really have to be um, on your guard for those type of people, don't you? Yeah, you know, anytime there's money changing hands like that, um, I spent a few years in the financial industry, and, you know, I I was really surprised because I guess you would call me a neophyte as far as, like, investing goes. You know, you have an IRA and a 401K, you know, you buy some stocks and et cetera, et cetera. But I was really surprised how many con men are out there uh, doing this in in the world of, of stocks and bonds. You know, so anytime you see that kind of cash going through and, you know, everybody, you know, in those worlds, uh, you know, I I shouldn't say everybody, but many people in those worlds just have this vision of getting something for nothing. And when you're in that mode, uh, it's very easy to fall prey to somebody that has these empty promises uh, because there's really, there's, it's, it's very hard for you to check on them and find out what they're really about. And by the time you do, uh, put your money up. Uh, oftentimes, it's too late. Chris, uh, as we get ready for a big sports weekend, everything upon us here in our state, the official signing uh, by Governor Reynolds has has put a lot of people questioning. You know, what is next for Vegas? As people that make their yearly, couple times a year, three times a year, you from the forefront though. When Passpo was overturned, you said this is good for Vegas. As you see more and more states going that way. Are you still seeing in that avenue more sports betting still a good thing for Vegas? Well, yeah, it's definitely been a good thing for Vegas. You know, I, I know I obviously look at my own figures, and our business has grown, uh, you know, since PAPSA, 
PASPA has been overturned. Uh, I've talked to other guys in the industry, and even the figures that come out that are released by the state show that our business mm-hmm. is growing. Now, why would that be? Well, a couple things involved. Number one, I think that uh, all these sports books around the country have uh, really grown the market. And guys that maybe were a little hesitant to make a wager before are now finding it much more comfortable to do so. Uh, the other part of it is I've seen, and I, I know some of these guys who work with uh, a lot of the European outfits, you know, they have come in here, and some of them are doing pretty good business, but they have come in and said, listen, you guys in Vegas don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, we're going to show you how to book. And I keep saying they're not doing a very good job. They're, uh, let's say, uh, not pleasing the customer in a lot of ways. And my my analogy is it'd be like if me and Jimmy Vaccaro and Nick Bogdanovich went to England and said, listen, you guys don't know a thing about booking cricket. We're going to show you exactly how to do it. You know, uh, so, that you know, they should, you know, we say stay in your lane. Well, they should stay in their lane. You know, they have their own uh, marketing. But they've come in and try to do it the European way. And like I said, if you look at the dollar amounts, they've been pretty successful. But the guys who were really – sticking to the Vegas methodology and we've only been doing this for like 75 <laughs> right, years, you know, right. but if you if you look at it, we know our customers, we know what they want, you know, we know how to turn a profit and, uh, we will continue to continue to do so. I could tell you this, they may try to change the market, but they ain't changing Las Vegas. I can tell you that. Oh, that's for sure. And, and full disclosure, because I don't know if Trent's ever shared this with you, but I'm the, I'm a C, I'm a CGT employee in uh, in their horse racing um, division, if you will. So yeah, it's it's that you guys you guys get it. Uh, they're not going to come in and make an impact. But what they are doing, and I want to get your take on this, because I don't particularly like it, and I guess I I get the marketing angle of it. The, the bad beats, like, for instance, the game three in St. Louis the other night, did the Blues get hosed by a bad miss? Yes. I mean, didn't mean they were going to win the hockey game. They still would have had to score in overtime, uh, to do so. But refunding bets for what they call a bad beat. I, I personally, I don't get it. I'm not sure I like it. How do you guys feel about that? Well, I think that's a total con job. I think that just, you know, shows, uh, you know, it distracts from, the, the crappy product that they're putting out there, you know, and some guy, Hey man, I, I got my money back on that St. Louis game. Hey, that's great. But meanwhile, you're betting into these, you know, horribly juice lines every day, every day, every day. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, were I a consultant for them, I'd say, you know what, put out a good product, right. You know, bad beats, whatever. That's part of sport. Right. You're going to spend like one day watching anything, uh, in the world of sports. And there's, some kind of bad call that influences a game or, you know, some sort of bad beat, you know, however you choose to define that, you know, and, and I think you're much better off uh, in the long run. I mean, like I said, you know, somebody's going to fall for that con job. They always do. They fall for all kind of con, you know, and that, but that's strictly my feeling on it. I think it's a con job. They'd be much better off just putting out a good product consistently. Chris, we're uh, inching our way to college football season, now into double digits, 99 days away from the first college football game of the year. And as always at the South Point, you uh, put out one of those fun props, and you've done it a couple of different ways. What do you got this year? National championships, and, and you get a group of teams now, right? You pick one of those groups or the field and the props that are out there. How'd you come up with this year's uh, group of teams? 
Well, I tell you, as you look at it, I mean, a couple things involved. First of all, Clemson is legitimately a great team. Uh, Alabama, you know, you, you hear some different stories. They lost a lot of guys mm-hmm. to the NFL, but a lot of people were telling me this is one of the best, one of the most talented Alabama teams that Nick Saban's ever had. Okay, well, right there tells you, boy, it's going to be tough to beat one of these two teams. Right. Now, the thing about Alabama, they are in a very tough division uh, of the toughest conference. However, we've seen them not even win that division and still make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, it's very hard to bet against either one of those teams. So I wanted to put them, uh, I did not want to put them together. But, you know, how exactly do you do that? So uh, Vinny Mioli, who I think has been on your show too. No, Vinny's you know, Vinny a good guy. Kinda, yeah, we're, how do we do this? You know, so we started looking, you know, we wanted to kind of separate those two. And then we kind of, you know, I said, well, how about if we go like a three-way prop? You know, and you didn't want to just, you know, so how do we do this? You know, so anyway, we, we, I, it's funny. I did not like Michigan last year and I got knocked <laughs> mercilessly for saying that. And this year I kind of like Michigan, I think, and I, I got knocked mercilessly again for taking the other set. So we separated Ohio State and Michigan. I think they're both, uh, you know, very viable. Uh, Ohio State, I think much more so than Michigan, but I think Michigan will still be in it. We put in Georgia who I think has a very, very good team. A lot of people think that they actually might be the best team uh, in the uh, in all of college football. Now I put in Oklahoma. I mean, you know, they, they got the hurt kid from uh, from Alabama. I mean, they what's the chance they're going to have three Heisman Trophy winners in a row? I don't know. Pretty pretty decent, I'd say. You know, and, and they're not that tough of a conference. So I could see them certainly making the playoffs, too. Now, on the other side, so I, I separated – uh, Clemson and Alabama, put Georgia with Clemson, mm-hmm. uh, put Ohio State with Alabama, and uh, Oklahoma with Alabama, because they still think Clemson has the best team and really has the easiest path to make the playoffs. And again, so I put Michigan along with Georgia and Clemson. So mm-hmm. the, those are the two three-team groups. Then the rest was the field, you know, and who's going to come out of the field? I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame did last year, and I don't think too many people saw that. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I think Texas A&M is actually very good. I think Texas has a shot. Um, you know, somebody's probably going to come out of nowhere. You know, maybe Florida is not quite as bad as advertised. You know, maybe they are. I'm not sure. You know, you got other teams out there. You have the whole Pac-12. You know, that I didn't hmm. include. You know, and I think uh, Oregon's going to be pretty good. You know, I think Washington has a chance to be pretty good. So, you know, I broke it into three separate categories. And, uh, you know, so far we've written business. I haven't moved the number yet. <laughs> you know, so it looks like uh, it looks like a pretty good prop at this point. It's like you know what you're doing or something, Chris. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> hey, Chris, <Yeah. laughs> after that that many years. Uh, Chris, what's uh, what sport are you seeing the most growth handle-wise in? Oh, it's not even close. Hockey. Because mm, um, of the Golden Knights, right? Well, that was it, you know, and... Uh, you know, that really put us on the path. But even this year with the Golden Knights really not being as big a story and not really sneaking up on anybody, our hockey handle was way, way up again. And, I, you know, I would point to my boss, Ryan Grounie, who's you know, a pretty young guy, I think he's about 38 years old, you know, born in Las Vegas, grew up in Las Vegas, was never really exposed to hockey. 
and uh, and he started watching hockey because of the Knights and that sort of thing. Now he's like a hockey nut. You know, he's watching like you know the Blues games or you know mid season. He's watching like a Wednesday night game with you know Arizona and San Jose, you know, things like that. He said, "I never knew this sport was so great." So he's a great example. But there's a lot of people in Las Vegas like that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of us from the Northeast. I'm from Pittsburgh. So those kind of guys, we we always knew how great a sport hockey was. But a lot of other people, you know, a lot of Westerners, a lot of people grew up, you know, in the desert or you know some of the some of the states that really didn't have hockey. Suddenly got exposed to this game and found out just how exciting it is. So our our hockey handle has increased tremendously, and the night certainly started us on that path, but it has continued. All right, Chris, uh, we'll let you go with this. Your book coming out next month in June. Yeah. Then one day, 40 years of bookmaking in Nevada. I uh, As I pre-ordered on Amazon a couple weeks ago, I saw that my favorite story that I've ever heard you tell, it, and there's lots of them, the Minnesota Twins story of 1982. If you can, we just got about a minute left here. Can you give us a, a quick capper on that one and what people can get with your new book? Well, that, that's uh, you know, first of all, go to go to my pinned tweet, and if you go to the Amazon link, just kind of page down, you'll get the whole story. Hard to summarize in a minute, <laughs> but just a couple of guys that were pressing bets on the Twins, who were by far the worst team in baseball in 1982, and they kept telling me, we'll win one of these days, and we keep pressing our bets at plus money, we're going to get all our money back and then some. And I told the guy, I says, yeah, as long as you don't run out of money. And the guy says, well, the last thing we got to worry about is running out of money. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. You know, the gambling gods don't like that. Well, they ran out of money. <laughs> they never cashed a ticket on me. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty good story, but obviously goes into a lot more detail. But you can get that for a freebie. Just go to go to the uh, Amazon website and kind of page down and get that whole story. But that, that's a classic one. And really, that's what in, people told me after telling that story is that you got to write a book of these. No, I did. Good stuff. Well, uh, glad you're feeling better, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate this. I have a feeling we're doing going to be doing this a whole lot more with you. So appreciate it, Chris. I Good sure to get to know you. So. All right, bud. Good to okay. talk to you. Take care. You too. Yeah. Thank you. Chris Bye-bye. Andrews, South Point. Um, been in Vegas for 40-plus years. Yes. Put set numbers and managing risk. Fascinating story. Good guy. We'll take a time out. Uh, Tom Caker joins the program next, HawkeyeReport.com. We're here until noon. In the 11 o'clock hour, we've got a national baseball writer coming on. Scott Miller's going to join us. We're going to give away some barbecue from Claxons. We'll do that in about an hour. Trent and I till noon. Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And you'll be able to wager on all four of those schools coming up in August. How about that? Let's get Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program. Hello, Tom. Trent and Ken, how's things? Things are good. A little rainy over here on the eastern side of the state. Likewise. Yeah, pretty good. Hey, you know, I meant to ask you, probably should have done this off air or have Trent asked you. Uh, the Big Ten Media Days, do you know what hotel it's at? Is it the same one as last year, or are they back to where The Fugitive was filmed? Do you know? It's The Fugitive Hotel. Back it to The is. Fugitive, I believe. Nice. That's good. It's always good when it's at The Fugitive Hotel, where they held the, uh, they also had the, uh, um, 
the the NBA lottery yes, at the Fusion right. Hotel as well. Now we just so, need to get Bowen Camp to what reenact the whole all the scenes from in there. We know how much Bowen yeah. Camp loves loves the Fusion. It's a great show. Yeah, we all love the Fusion. Absolutely, it's uh, it's always uh, always funny when the uh, when the fugitive is. Uh, is is in play. I was hoping R- Dr. Richard Kimball would come in and <laughs> yeah. disturb something uh, the other day. Uh, well, uh, look forward to that July, what, 18th and 19th, I think, if I have them, the, the, the dates right, Big Ten yep. Media. And it's been there before. What, it's been like three or four years, but it, it has been held there in the past, the event. Yeah, last year it wasn't, but um, we're back at, uh, at the Hilton again, and it's interesting that they're having it uh, late in the week. Mm-hmm. It used to be like a Monday, Tuesday thing, but now they're doing it uh, later in the week. So yeah, big, interesting. Yeah, Big 12 starts with Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday, that very same week uh, is the Big Ten. Well, we'll uh, obviously talk more about that as we get closer to it. Uh, I'll save the recruit for Trent because I don't know anything about it. I know that uh, he let off his, re- his update with uh, um, – a running back has committed, but we'll save that for a second. Where I want to go is uh, to Chicago and to Tyler Cook uh, and the and the combine that's unfolding. Uh, what 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 are you hearing, Tom? If anything, I hear that he's met with the Hawks. Maybe wasn't quite as tall as we were let like like most of them that are there. They all seemingly lost about an inch height wise. But what are you hearing about Tyler Cook and the combine that he's had so far? As he obviously graduated from the G League to the big one, so that's a positive. Yeah, that is. Um, it is always interesting to see guys shrink about one or two inches uh, when they get there uh, and get actually measured. But um, yeah, getting moved up from that G League thing to to the actual the big boy combine was, I think, a, a real positive for him. At least it it puts him in position to be on the NBA radar even more. Um, I don't think there's any question he's going to get an invite to it camp of some sort does he get drafted i don't know it's just uh i I think late second round would be about the best that he could hope for um but it it's a positive it it shows that he made the right decision um because i think he was just kind of ready anyway so um yeah i wish him well he's a great kid and um it's good to see fran there kind of supporting him too I, i you know some coaches get bitter when guys leave and Fran's not being that way at all. What about Wieskamp? He hasn't announced that he's coming back. Everybody anticipates, but have you heard anything at all? Any workouts, anything for Wieskamp? Not a lot. Um, I did talk to, uh, the other night we are at the iClub thing, and Nicholas Bear was there, and uh, he said uh, earlier in the day, it was, uh, you know, because they're out of school, so he got together with uh, got a workout guy that they go to, um, uh, Jordan Delp, who, who works out guys around here. It's, um and with the Drew Hamlin uh, organization, and uh, Jordan's a good buddy of mine, and he was he said uh, he and Joe and Michael Bear all worked out uh, together uh, earlier that day, and said Joe looks great, and he's had a couple workouts with some NBA teams. He mentioned uh, the the Celtics as a recent uh, uh, workout, but um, said he looks great, and uh, you know he's planning on being back. So mm. I, I think we'll get that news probably, you know, fairly soon that he's just 
you know, coming back and it'll be ready to go for Iowa next year. Well, that's good because, as you know, and I'm wondering if you booked your ticket to Tampa yet because there is six seed in Tampa, according to Joel Lenardi's <laughs> bracketology. They came out. They got New Mexico State in the, uh, uh, and then in the round of 32, they'll get the winner of uh, Charleston and Auburn, uh, Tom. I, I guess they're forced to do that, but it's kind of You clicked common. on it? Yeah, I did. Iowa State, by the way, is a five seed. They're off to Sacramento. Uh, so at least, you know, the national media thinks both of our in-state schools are going to be tournament bound next year. What do you think, uh, McCaffrey's, uh, biggest concern is right now? Is it, is it filling out that roster still some work to be done, Tom, and the likelihood that they find somebody else at this point? Yeah. Um, by the way, also Drake was in that bracket. So, no. Uh, how did I miss Drake? Yeah. Drake was in there too. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, three of the in-state schools in the in the tournament. And by the way, Iowa fans they play Kansas, Tampa, Tom. So. They play yes, they are. They play Kansas, uh, the two versus fifteen. But it's in Omaha, so Drake fans will be oh, able to yes. drive. Yeah, but to your point, they are very familiar with Tampa. The football team seemingly ends their season there every other year. Yeah, um, you know, I think Fran's got a. You know, I wrote something. I guess it was after Isaiah left that it's primed for him to kind of find a wing. I thought it was interesting, his inter- interview with the register, because Fran had mentioned this to me before, um, but this was, you know, probably dated at least well over a year ago, and he kind of mentioned, eh, I might meant, might end up redshirting Patrick, and but I just don't see how you can do it now. And if you if you stick with this roster and you've only got 10 guys, and Patrick's one of the 10, I guess 11 now with Riley Till on scholarship, but... Mm-hmm. Still, um, I just don't know how you how you manage to, to redshirt Patrick, um, even though he does need weight and he needs to get stronger. Um, you might have to have to play him. Uh, I, I just think they're kind of set up to find some sort of wing player uh, that can shoot a little bit. Uh, and uh, but I just don't know what that transfer market looks. Who's mutually interested in? in Iowa at this point that would be a good fit. And he's, France really hyper-focused on finding guys that are right fit because he doesn't want somebody to come in that's going to be a a problem child. And and that's just really, that really is one of the driving forces in in all of his recruiting efforts is guys that that fit with what he wants to do from a, um, you know, personality uh, standpoint. So, Tom, uh, let's jump over to football before we run out of time. In a commitment yesterday, running back LaShawn Williams from over in the Chicagoland area. Tell us about Williams, and he'll go uh, hand-in-hand with a running back from our backyard, Southeast folks, Gavin Williams. What you know about LaShawn and those two guys together coming into next year's class? Yeah, it was it was interesting because for a while we kind of thought that they were only going to take one running back, and it was going to be Gavin Williams. But, um, you know, they've Kind of the whispers are that uh, Henry Guile, the uh, freshman, uh, might not be back. Um, And and so they decided to go with another running back, and they were in on some good backs. And the the thing with LaShawn Williams that was interesting to me was they just offered him. They literally just offered him, and he jumped on it. And uh, I, I think they probably told him, hey, look, we got some other guys that are very interested, and um, and it might not be here for very long. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take it, you might want to take it now. He's from the same high school uh, that uh, Sebastian Castro is an incoming uh, uh, freshman uh, defensive back is from. So he, he's 
powerfully built, you know, 5'10", 205, so he's, he's just, he's a, but he's shifty. He's got some really nice moves and um, pretty quick, explosive, catches the ball well. So um, I like the pickup and the, kind of a good combination with, uh, uh, now you got uh, Williams and Williams. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun with that down the road. Indeed. Hey, Tom, last thing for you. Uh, you mentioned uh, the iClub. You uh, bumped into Kirk Ferentz. Uh, anything come of that? Did uh, the, the media was there? Any nuggets come out of the uh, the iClub stop in the uh, Quad Cities uh, middle of this week? You know, it, um, maybe the one thing, and he's it's just with the free agency of, of college sports today, but he mentioned something that I thought was pretty fascinating that he had talked to Gary Barta about maybe you put a, uh, a cap or a, a, of some sort on how many transfers you can, you can take uh, per school each year, especially those grad transfers. And, you know, he, uh, as you might expect, you know, Kirk, not big in the transfer market, but he's dipped into the grad transfer market. And, yeah. You know that two making the, making that scholarship for two years. So if you're going to do a graduate thing, you're going to do graduate school, and you're going to graduate from graduate school kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting that he was kind of mad that that didn't happen. But that that quota that he talked about, I thought was really interesting, and we'll see if, if anything happens with that. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, have a great week. We will uh, talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, we're 45 minutes away from giving you an opportunity to win Claxon's Barbecue, Miller & Condon. Continue on 11 o'clock hours next on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa football has picked up a commitment for their 2020 class as three-star running back LaShawn Williams has committed to the Hawks. Williams chose the Hawkeyes over scholarship offers from Kansas State, Wyoming, and Cincinnati. Last season, he